Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. In the middle, uh, no, we're at the end of a two-part series. There is no middle to a two-part series called uh, Stop Going to Church. Uh, because that's what I want you to do. I want you to stop going to church and be the church. Ding! Revelation right there. (laughs) uh, How many of you have ever stayed a few nights in a hotel? Uh, How good is it? You know, you... You're in a hotel and you don't have to make your bed. You can leave your towels on the floor. You can leave your clothes on the floor. And you come back at the end of the day, bed's made, clothes packed away, hung in the, in the wardrobe and the towels are refreshed and everything's done for you. You're wondering where to go that day. You get the advice, all the advice you need, tourist advice you need from the, the staff. The staff are there to serve your every need. They do anything just to make sure your stay is supreme. Isn't it a beautiful self sort of indulgence to stay in a hotel up to a point? And if, if you travel a lot and you're in a hotel a lot, you'll hit this point after about second or third night, usually, where you're looking forward to getting home. Because ironically, all the things that work for you in a hotel are all the opposites to the things you actually like about being home. I don't have to be responsible when I'm in a hotel that wears off. I like being responsible for a home that I've invested in, that is accruing value, that has a, has a heart to it because I've invested in the people of that home. It's, there's something about it. And, and when I'm at home, I, I don't get tourist advice. I get real advice if I'm prepared to listen, which I do about 30% of the time. But you get the advice you need, right, from anyone who might be in the house with you. Maybe you're sharing an apartment with a friend, but you've chosen to be in the same place as them. They may just have something that might be helpful and valuable to your world, to your life. There's a difference between the life of a hotel and a life of a home. That's what I want to talk about today, getting planted in the house. Not being transient, not living the hotelish life but living a life planted in the house. Turn with me to Psalm 92, and we're going to use this as our platform to launch from over the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, Psalm 92, verse 12, says, The righteous will flourish. Who likes that word flourish? All right. Uh, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will, they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright, that he is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. The righteous will flourish, and they will bear fruit. My first thought for us today is this. You are here on purpose. God wants you to flourish. He wants you to bear fruit. This is the purpose of your life on planet Earth. God didn't have one of you. He wanted one of you. So therefore, he made one of you. 
You're not here on ac- by accident. You're here strategically on purpose through the creative mind of Christ. He, he created you. And the Dutch, he created especially well. He put no energy into mountains or any other landscape beauties. He, he put all his beauty into the people. And I realize I'm talking to the non-Dutch service right now. But that worked really well in the first service. He made you on purpose. You're here for a purpose to flourish and grow and bear fruit. However, there, there is a, a condition to it. Being a Christian is not a guarantee of fruitfulness. Being planted is. Being planted in the house of God is your guarantee to flourish. Following Christ is essential. It's your salvation. Uh, following Christ and being in Christ will lead to fruitfulness through the path of getting planted in his house. And so what I really want to talk about is how you discover your purpose to flourish by being planted in the house. Because it's here that you grow. So flick over back, as it were, to Acts 2. We went there a little bit during the offering. And uh, I want to talk about the, the aspects of church life that make it so important as to us being planted here. Uh, because these are the things we get out of it. Uh, Acts 2. He talks about, this is, this is the activity of the early church. 3,000, as we said earlier, had found Christ, and there were people being added daily into that. And as I said, we've had that same experience here. That's not revival of the past. It's revival of now. Uh, by the way, how many of you came to Christ in our church or recommitted your life to Christ or coming to our church was the necessary uh, your, your Christian life wasn't really going anywhere, and, and, and coming here was the necessary uh, surge that you needed. Any one of those categories, if that's you, could you raise your hand? Wonderful. Beautiful. There we go. That's why we do this. That's the very reason we exist. And then, uh, and then in Acts, it, it starts to describe what the church looked like. They suddenly have a church on their hands, quite a large one, overnight. And there were certain activities that went on in the church and we're going to read some of those just to see uh, uh, the benefit of church life. So verse 42, Acts chapter 2 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Why is church so important? Because it's here that you get fed. It's here that you get the, the, the Bible. And this, we have decided this is our final authority. This is everything in here is all we need to know for life, for godliness, for wisdom, for your workplace and family life. It's in there. And we are devoted to ensuring you are fed. And uh, what this is describing is they were devoted to being fed. If you've cooked a meal for your kids and you call it called dinner time and they don't turn up, it's not very nice, is it? You put all that time into the food, you've prepared the meal, and they don't turn up. When you start to turn your monthly attendance into weekly, your weekly attendance into daily because you're at groups and in, in relationship with others, you're creating a movement and a momentum in your life that will feed you. The word is needed for food. And then he says they devoted themselves to teaching, fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You will find that this is a house of prayer. Not just a house of the word, but a house of prayer. In 10 days time, we have our next one hour, 2nd of September. In fact, we're making it an extra special 
time because we're putting on a seminar uh, to help train us in how to live a mentally and emotionally healthy life. We've got a special friend of ours, John from Kelty, with us, and he's going to go through 10 things that will help you live an emotionally healthy life. And at the start of that, we will do some prayer. We're committed to prayer. Uh, then in, uh, and then in verse 43, he says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. This is a house of the miraculous. This is what we call an awesome place. It's a place of encounter with God. It's where we expect the unexpected. As Pastor Lisby said earlier, we, we, we get used to the fact that God is always doing something behind the scenes, always working out something that might just surprise us. There's always something hidden just around the corner that uh, he's, he's like, uh, like a, a, a parent who's, who can't wait to surprise their kid with something. He's waiting to do something, which is why so often we'll give a moment for God to do something that's miraculous, because we all have needs at certain times. Christine Vanderklei here was telling me earlier about uh, a time just before the summer. She had a, um, an infla- uh, inflamed uh, heel. She couldn't really walk very far on it, creating a lot of pain. Went to the doctor, and they had no real solution for her. She came to one hour, and I prayed for her, and she got healed. She's been walking all summer on it, walking around Italy on it. And uh, uh, that's what God does in his house. That's what we're about. We're a house of the miraculous. And then he goes on to say in verse 46, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They met together in the temple in the big house, and they met together in homes, in the small house. We're committed to our Sunday celebrations and our group gatherings. We're committed to meeting whenever we can, wherever we can, and especially if it's got food involved. Jesus ate constantly with his disciples. It, it, is, it, is, it is at the heart of God himself that we feast as much as possible. It is at the heart of fellowship. Fellowship, that word fellowship actually means hospitality or it means um, sharing life on purpose. It's got a sense of direction to it. We don't just fellowship with no purpose. We fellowship. We gather together. We spend time together. Hospitality is core value for our church because we want to go somewhere together because your life is here on purpose. You've got a purpose to be fruitful and flourish and you need people in your world plugging into that because they need what you've got and you need what they've got. The Bible distinctly uses the word house when it talks about church. It doesn't say it's the office of God because he wants to manage your life. God doesn't want to manage your life. He gave you a brain. You can manage your own life. It doesn't say it's the hospital of God because he doesn't want to simply heal your life. Healing is way too limited to describe what transformation he wants to do to your world. We need healing from some stuff. But most of your life isn't about dealing with stuff. Most of your life is pounding forward and taking ground and casting vision and laying hold of all that he has for you. Hospital isn't the word he uses. He doesn't use the word club because a club is for the in crowd. It's for the members only. We're here for everything but our members. (laughs) If you're a member of this church, you're here for all the non-members. You're here for everybody else. We exist for our city. We're here for 
for all, all that we're doing for them, that hope would come to them. He distinctly uses the word house. Because it's in a home. You, you, it's in a home you feast together. It's in a home you find security together. It's in a home you have investment. It's in a home you have the investment of people that will advise and speak into your world. And you will do the same for, he uses that word, house. Let me ask you again. Anybody here want to flourish? You're here on purpose. He says, plant yourself, therefore, into that which I've just described. A house of the word, a house of prayer, a house of the miraculous, a house that calls itself a home because we share life together. If you're a group leader here, could you just stand to your feet? You're a group leader. You lead a group. Please stand to your feet. Fantastic. Beautiful. Maybe we could have the house lights up a bit and we could just see all these guys. Come on, why don't we give these guys a hand for all they do? Because they open their home or they open the home of a member of their group and, or a cafe and, and they provide a place where we do life together. Thanks, guys. You may take a seat. And so that psalm, Psalm 92, is saying you flourish when you get planted into that, into, into that thing. And you know, planting, uh, or let, let me say this, I was, I was driving, down, um, dri driving down the A2 into the city just out here the uh, other day, the other day being when the storms were, was it May or June, had those big winds, and uh, I can't started counting the number of trees that had fallen down. In the space of just 100 meters, there were, I got to about 10 trees that had fallen down, and uh, uh, I could pretty much guarantee which of those trees were going to flourish. It wouldn't be those lying down. It would be those still standing, still planted. Because it's always the planted that flourish. And I know that it's not an overnight process. I know things don't happen just like that. A whole lot goes on underneath the surface. But the, the trick is this. It's not to uproot just because you're going through a winter season. But rather to stay planted. A child takes nine months to form, right, Judith Fantil? You're about month eight. Uh, you know that there is a necessity of a child forming inside, in the hidden place, being formed together before it emerges. God is forming in you something. He's forming in you fruitfulness because you've planted in his house. He's forming fruitfulness in you. Don't give up just because it may not yet be visible. It will emerge. We've got four London plane trees in our garden, and for much of the year, nothing's going on on them. In fact, we have to cut them right back to the, the bare branch, and it's n nothing on it until about May, and then suddenly it takes off. This thing grows two meters. I have to cut it back. It grows another two meters. It's grown about four meters in the space of its season of growth, which is from May until about September. Uh, it suddenly appears. For some of you right now, that's what's about to happen. God has been doing something on the inside. And you're going, oh my gosh, why is that not happening to me? Why am I not growing? You're growing. You're just growing beneath the surface. You're growing because you've put your roots down. You're growing because you put your roots down in the right context, in the right place, where there's a saturation of his word, where there's a saturation of prayer, where there's a saturation of the miraculous and a saturation of homeliness. I'm at home. One of the wonderful things about getting to see other C3 churches is just that. We often feel at home, or always, wherever we've gone, we go, I feel at home in all those churches 
which is why we call it a movement. God is doing something through our movement globally right now that is bringing revival to this, uh, not just this nation, but many nations. And when you get planted into that, your life flourishes. We had this, uh, oh, we showed you, didn't we, the photo of the Grand Canyon earlier. And uh, when we were driving to the Grand Canyon, uh, it's a weird experience because you know from the map it's just out there. But as you drive down the highway toward the, the national park it's in, you actually don't see anything. You can't see it. This thing that's, uh, I'm going to semi-make up these distances, but it's roughly true. It's, it's somewhere around 300 kilometers long. Something like 16 kilometers. They work in miles. I have no idea why. They just want to be different. Um, something like 16 miles or kilometers wide. And I don't know how many kilometers deep. This thing is huge. Everyone say huge. Uh, and yet when you're, when you're driving toward the national park, you don't see a thing. In fact, it looks, in fact, it, it, it looks very unexciting. It's probably one of the least exciting parks we have been to. Um, from a distance, that is. You see nothing, hardly. It's one little mound of something. But when you get to the edge, you see that. What was hidden is spectacular. What is hidden inside of you right now is absolutely spectacular. What is hidden in you right now is coming to fruitfulness. As, as a church, what is hidden inside of us right now is coming to its climax of fruitfulness. What we're going to see over the coming months is an increase of the harvest, a multiplication of God's momentum in this place. As we continue to expand, we're going to see things we go, my God. I didn't realize it was going to be as good as that. I thought I got a glimpse, but now I've got a taste. I thought I saw it, but I didn't realize it was going to be that beautiful. But it comes from staying planted. Don't uproot just at the moment you needed to stay there. Don't go, well, I'm not seeing the fruit. I don't have many friends. Stay planted. Do everything just to stay connected and planted. When we were in Vegas, I, I thought... Um, I would take the family to a classic American experience. So we went out to play, we went out to watch and play it, watch uh, a game of baseball. I got a picture here of that match. Um, they're, they're just a minor league club, but seem to manage to fill a stadium still. Um, now, so Jake and Ben and I went to see that, and uh, the best part was the view behind because we didn't um, didn't have any idea what was going on except these guys tried to make home runs and failed most of the time. Uh, it's, uh, baseball is, is done in nine innings. That is, your team is in nine times, and the other team's in nine times. It's 18 times. And there is entertainment in all the gaps. That was the exciting part. They have, they have the entertainers come out, and they, they have these races and competitions and quizzes in the crowd, and, and, and they have these, uh, the, the cameras panning the crowd. They had this Simba, Simbagram. They, they would pan the crowd, and if you were holding up your child, uh, they would pan in on you, and they called that the Simba cam. Uh, and if you didn't have a child, you'd hold up a Coke can, or, or a they let alcohol into the stadium. Uh, uh, you'd hold up your beer, and that was your, your Simba thing. That was very exciting. Uh, after about two hours of this, we thoroughly enjoyed the American experience. It was wonderful, um, even though we didn't have any idea what was going on. Uh, so after about two hours, and not a lot of home runs, we decided to go home. We thought, that was good, all done. Out of curiosity, the next morning, I decided to check the result. When we left the Vegas team, which clearly we supported, um, were losing. 
we went onto the onto the um, internet uh, next day, <laughs> got the score, and it went from something like four three to. 10-8. I mean, it was radical. It went into extra time and extra innings. Uh, they scored all the home runs in that innings, and they, uh, uh, Vegas overtook the other team. Everything seemed to happen in the half an hour we were not there. It was clearly the moment to wait for. It's a tragedy to me when I see people who uproot themselves just at the moment. They could be entering their most fruitful moment of life just because they couldn't wait just because they were wanting to find out whether there was something more exciting somewhere else. I, I never forget the day Lisbon and I walked into our church in England, which became a C3 church. We've only been in two churches, that one and this one. We've been in, in that respect in the movement for 25 years, although it wasn't in the movement at that point. And the feeling I got the moment we walked through the doors of that church, the feeling we got um, was this was home. This was, this was our family. The worship wasn't perfect. There were other things that weren't perfect. But we felt at home. I want to say to you, if you are thinking, can I send down my roots here? I'm not sure about the songs they sing. I'm not sure about the volume. I'm not sure. And it really isn't about all of that stuff. It's about making a place your home. And so I want to give you two things that will help you. Make it your home, or if it is your home, just to remind you how you can flourish. And the first thing is this. You make a decision to commit. You make a decision, this is my place. You don't do some valued analysis. You connect your heart. I decide, I choose, as we did 25 years ago, I choose to make this my place. And the moment you go, this is my place, everything of all the benefit of being in that place comes upon your life. Everything that you could absorb, you may have been sitting here for a year and never made that decision. Everything that you could have been absorbing over the last year but haven't, you will begin to absorb because of that one decision to say, I commit. You see, for as long as you're an isolated pot plant, we had some plants in our garden destroyed uh, from a disease last year. So we... we took them all out and, and changed them all and we bought we had to buy 64 plants I think all in their own little pots and for a while we just we just put them in the garden left them in the pots and for as long as they were sitting there in the pots we were able to move them anywhere we liked they could change at any moment uh, move around at any moment they were transient uh, but they also had a restriction they were never going to flourish in that pot they were never going to grow much further than they had until we planted it and some of you may be at that point where you're going, do you know, I'm quite happy in my isolated little pot. I can move at any time. As soon as the church offends me, I'm off over here to another church. As soon as my friend offends me, I'm moving on. As soon as my spouse offends me, I try and find another one. And so we live in this sort of individualistic transit life where we, we're not uprooting because you never put your roots down. You never made that decision, this is for life. You never made that decision, this is permanent. We have to make a choice to get planted because when you're planted, you flourish. The second thing is this. You make a choice and then you realize it's a symbiotic, synergistic relationship. That is, you give and you take. You give and you receive. You give and you take all the time. We're not, I'm not here asking you solely to give. 
you'll get a whole lot more out of it as you do. As Remy uh, was talking about earlier, you seem to get so much more out of church when you're serving. But here's the other deal. Some of us need to learn to receive because we've put something around our hearts to protect ourselves. Maybe a broken relationship has caused you now to not trust people quite as much. Maybe a past church experience has caused you not to trust people quite so much. And so you're living your Christian life still slightly isolated on your own. And what you need to do is break out of that pot and open your heart to receive. Receive what's being taught. Receive from the love and investment of other people into your life. Receive what is good in this place into your world because you will flourish if you live your life on purpose, planted in the house. Anybody want to flourish here today? Beautiful. Why don't we stand to our feet? As we come to a close right now, I want to pray for you. It is my absolute desire that in this place you discover your purpose. It's one of our core hallmarks is that you would discover your purpose. Maybe you haven't, and we're going to help you over the next week or so as we talk about next steps. But right now, I want us to open our hearts. I want us to, if there's a crust around our hearts, I want you to break that down. And say, you know what? I'm going to dare to trust again. I'm going to dare to believe again. I'm going to dare to believe that God would speak to me, invest in me through other people in this place. I'm going to let this be family to me. I'm going to let people love on me. And I'm going to give back too. I'm going to give what I've got. I'm going to bless others. So right now, I want us all to raise our hands. I know many of you are already in that place. You're going, my heart is wide open. I love this place as a family. But let's all raise our hands together. Father, I pray right now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, everything that you've invested in this house will be invested in every single one of us. The grace and the blessing, the richness of your word and fellowship, the depth of prayer and the miraculous that hangs in this place, I pray would touch every one of us. thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him. And today I want to invite you to come back to him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now, and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then, straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past, and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.